Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. I'm the pastor here. We hope wherever you're watching, please click on the Connect link. Uh, we would love to connect with you. We would love to get to know you. The heart of our church is to connect to Jesus and community, and you can't connect to community um, if you don't fill out a connect card and let us show you how to get connected to our church. Um, so please do that. Again, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If you're a regular, so glad that you're here. We're in the middle of a series called Reset. Um, if you missed the first two weeks, you can head over to our YouTube channel and you can watch them there as well as our Facebook page. Uh, and there we just talked about fasting and prayer. Fasting is deconnecting from the world and maybe some of the things that have too much of our attention and prayer is reconnecting with God. We want to live a lifestyle of prayer that keeps us connected to who he is at all times. After today, I am super excited for the next two weeks. Pastor Dave is speaking next week, and every time he speaks, I learn so much, so excited for that. And then the following week, his wife Megan, one of our staff members, will be speaking for the first time ever. So in the next two weeks, we have the Amendola one-two punch, and I am so excited for those messages. Today, we are talking about the habit of engaging with the Bible. And notice I said engaging with the Bible, not reading the Bible, because it's the same as a lifestyle of prayer. See, it's not just about reading the Bible to check it off, but it's being formed through what we read in Scripture. It's about letting Scripture speak to us and change us and shape us, and most importantly, teaching us the story of who God is. Every year... I start off the year and I, and I pick a reading plan that's a year long and I try to read through the Bible in a year. Now, if I'm honest, some years go better than others. Some years I make it, some years I don't. But the, but the truth is this, a lot of times I wrestle with this idea of when I see a year long reading plan, I try and just get it done so that I can say at the end of the year, look, this year I read the Bible. And so some days I don't even remember what I read. I just powered through it so that I could check it off. Uh, and, and even though I love reading scripture, sometimes it ends up feeling like more of a grind than more of an engagement with the word of God that's alive and active and can completely change who I am. Sometimes I'm just too busy to go beyond the reading point and, and to genuinely study. What does this mean? What, what, reading this here, what is the actual application that I'm supposed to take away with this? What did the author initially mean when he wrote this? Not just what I think or what I want it to say, but what it actually says. Today, know this. The Bible is one big story that is all about the story of God and our relationship with him. It's one complete story. Now, if you've, if you've ever opened the Bible, you'll see that there are different books in it, but it's not just different books meshed together, but it's one story through the lens of various authors that teach us who God is. Which is interesting when you think about the fact that authors, the authors of the Bible were alive across centuries, 
They, they came from different backgrounds and different walks of life. They wrote at different times and at different seasons. They wrote to different audiences using different styles. And yet, throughout Genesis to Revelation, we read a cohesive story that talks about how God created humanity and how he's been redeeming them since our fall. The crazy part about this is we have more access to the Bible than ever. You can download an app. You can read it on your laptop. Uh, you can listen to it. The, the, you can still read the paper version. It's available in more ways than ever. And yet, statistics show that as the, the church, capital C in, in America, we are more biblically illiterate than ever. We use the Bible selectively to say what we want, and we've lost the ability to critically think and to engage with Scripture. We scroll Instagram and Facebook and we see maybe what someone else said, and they took it completely out of context to reinforce their framework and what they want to think, but then we buy into it, and we don't think for ourselves, we don't study, we don't engage, we skim. And we just try and find that one verse that speaks to us and we take it out of context to make us feel better if we're in a hard time or to confirm a thought that we might have. And today we're just going to talk about how to read the Bible, how to study it, how to grow, again, that it forms us. Not to confirm what we already think and not to just do it as a checklist, but to understand it, how God meant for it to be read by us. We should always read the Bible in the context of the greater story it's telling. It is one unified story that points to Jesus. Again, but we take shortcuts. We don't, we don't do the hard work to understand how it fits into that story. We use it to justify what we already believe. We use it as a list of rules to pick and choose the morality that we want to live and that we want others to live with us. We use it to affirm us and make us feel better when life is hard. Some of us use it to live a better life. That We just read it and hope that it's a self-help book. And if I read this enough, I'm going to fix the things that are bad about me. Or some of us just think that it's something to like accomplish. Read through it once and I'm done. I never have to hear about this book again. And maybe we don't know what it fully does. It changes us, it transforms us, it makes us new, it straightens out our thinking, it points us to God and helps us figure out how we fit in to his story. And so today we're just going to talk about the importance of scripture in our lives a little bit. Today we're going to start with Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27, and it says this, it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Let's just pray and then we'll dig into this. Jesus, today we thank you for who you are, for your love, for your grace for us. And God, for your written word that, that speaks to us, that changes us, that shapes us, and makes us like you, God, today, as we just take some time to study the importance of it, I pray that you just nudge us, you just give us some wisdom on how to best use your word 
to grow into who you've called us to be. In your name I pray. Amen. So Jesus, in this passage, is giving an illustration. See, and this is important, each house looked the same on the outside. When you looked at the homes, they looked exactly the same, but the foundation is what was different. And if we're honest, if the foundation in my life and in your life watching today typically is unseen, it's mostly our character, who we are. And oftentimes we're able to, to mask who we truly are with our talents and our abilities and, and the things that we say. And our character is only shown in the storm. And Jesus warns that when the storms come, and they're going to, whether you follow Jesus or not, life is going to throw difficult things at you. They will shake you to your foundation. Merely hearing God's word is not enough to just make a firm foundation. It's necessary that the Bible leads to life change, that we are doers of God's word. And I think what Jesus is saying here is so crucial to even today as we live. Anyone who listens to the teaching, his teaching is wise. And if we don't, the house collapses. I think over the past few months, we've seen so much of scripture taken out of context and people holding on to it for a hope that may not necessarily be a biblical hope. And when it falls, we're seeing people's foundations and lives fall apart because they were not understanding scripture and how it truly fits in the story of God. So how do we follow his teaching? How do we build our life on it? First, we need to understand a little bit of what the Bible is. The Bible is one complete story. It's not a book, even though there are 66 books in it, it's one cohesive story. And within the story, there's different types of writing. There's narrative or storytelling. And, and this is kind of just where they tell you stories of how God has worked and moved. There's poetic, which is metaphor. Um, and, and we see them kind of metaphorically talk about God and faith. And then there's teaching. This is where it's kind of blunt and says, follow God this way. The Bible also has a plot. And, and this is the plot of the Bible in Genesis 1 through 2. God creates humans in his image, and we're in perfect relationship with him. We roam the earth together. Face to face, we, we speak and we understand and we know who God is. But then we see in Genesis 3 to 11 that that relationship is broken. We wanted to create the world in our own image. We, we wanted our freedom. And we see that, that the perfect relationship with God no longer existed. And then from Genesis 12 all the way to Malachi, we see the expansion of this brokenness. We begin to see the effect of sin and wanting to be like everyone else, take heart in the world. We see that the distance between us and God grows. But then in Matthew and to Revelation 20, we see that Jesus comes and he brings us back together again with God. That we can be reunited with God because of who Jesus is. Then the last chapter of the story, Revelation 21, is about restoration. In the end, Jesus will triumph. He will come back and he will create a new heaven and a new earth where we are redeemed and made right with God the way that we were back in Genesis 1 through 2. 
The Bible also shows us who Jesus is. Hebrews 1 says it this way. It says, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. Again, for, for a long period of my life, I, I was guilty of this. I would read scripture and I would make the, the people in the stories the heroes. You, you read David and Goliath and you see David slay a, a giant and you read it and you go, wow, David is a hero. But I've learned that this isn't about David being a hero, but you, if you continue to read, you see he would make mistakes after this. And he still needed to rely on who God was. See, the hero of that story is God. And that David had a moment of brilliance, but then he fell. God is constant and he's the same. The Bible points us to our need for Jesus. It points to someone who's seated on high, who was God. The, the goal of the Bible is to help us fall in love with God, to see who we are in him. And within that, it helps us grow our relationship with Jesus. Again, you're going to see that God's word has power. And, and in Hebrews 4, it says the word of God is alive and powerful. God's word is not only just alive, still speaking today, but it has power. And, and in that power and in that speaking and in that shaping, we understand more of who Jesus is and our relationship with him grows. It also brings direction. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, We make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. There are moments, some of you watching today may have no idea what the direction for your life is. You're asking, what should I do for a living? What has God called me to do? What is my real purpose? How should I raise my kids? When we engage with scripture and we read it and we let its power speak to us and shape us, it brings direction to our life. Me personally, through scripture is how God speaks to me most. There, there, are, there have only been maybe one or two times where I feel like God actually spoke and guided me. But there are hundreds of times where I read a scripture and it's exactly what I need in that moment to, to take my next step in following God. Scripture brings us direction. It also brings us freedom. In Luke 4, it says, He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free. Scripture brings freedom. What you see when you look in this verse is the exact reason that Jesus came to earth. If nothing else, he came to bring freedom from our sin and our shame and our guilt. But we also know that through his word and as he speaks, he brings freedom from addictions, from pain in our life, from the guilt of poor decisions that we've made. Whatever you may feel in bondage to as we engage with scripture, it brings freedom. The word of God is powerful and alive. Scripture also leads to life change as we engage with it. 
and God speaks to our hearts, again, we should become doers of the word, which means that there's life change. Again, oftentimes in church, we we get into this idea of behavior modification, and we focus so much on the external things that we just worry about behave right, behave well, behave the way a Christian is supposed to. But when we read here, and it leads to life change, because of what God does in our hearts, my behavior follows. In Matthew 23, it says this, it says, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites you are like whitewashed tombs beautiful on the outside but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity in jesus day when people were buried they were put in these massive tombs and several times a year people would come and they would wash these tombs uh, to make sure that they look nice and they would get water and they would get lime and they would mix them together and it made this pasty paint and so they would take it and then they would, they would kind of put this wash slash paint on the tombs and it would literally make them white. And so the term whitewash began because of this process. And Jesus here is looking the spiritual leaders in the eyes and he is saying, you are like these tombs. You behave well. On the outside, you look great. You wear fancy clothes to cover up the brokenness on the inside. You know all of the verses You know how to hold your Bible, you know what to say, but it has not led to life change. You still live the same lives, you're still judgmental, you're still mean. There aren't fruit of the Spirit coming out of your life. On the inside, you're rotting. The scripture should lead to life change. And so my question today, one of them is, what is going on inside of your life? 1 John 2, 3, it says, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. Again, as we engage with the Bible, it should grow our heart for God. It should speak to us. It should change us. It should make us more like him. And because of that, our behavior should follow. It's not behaving well just for the sake of doing it like the Pharisees, but it's because I hunger and I thirst for who God is so much that I'm willing to to do this. And so today, some ways to engage with scripture, to begin to birth this heart and this longing inside of us. In Luke 4, we read this in verses 16 and 20. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, he being Jesus, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. A few ways that this teaches us to engage with scripture. The first one is to read the story in the context of the bigger story of God. Jesus here is referencing Old Testament authors and then he's teaching them how all of this links together. Again, we cannot just pick one verse here and there that makes us feel good about ourselves. We need to understand the context of what we're reading. 
but that takes work. It's important work, though. The second thing we see is that it says Jesus went as usual, which means he regularly engaged with Scripture. We need to read daily. We need to make this where we are engaging with this and making it a priority. He read out loud, which means he read this together with people. He, he shared in, a, in an experience of, of reading scripture with other people. Today, you've heard a lot about small groups. Join a small group. They're where we discuss scripture together. It's where we put this practice that Jesus is talking about together in, in a group. And we understand and, and we study the context and the meaning of, of what this passage is saying and we grow in it. And then he taught them what it was about. <laughs> At that time, uh, commentaries, things like that didn't exist yet. Jesus was kind of the commentary. And so he's teaching them how to study, how to engage. He's showing them this pattern. All of this is one story that points to me, Jesus. And so today, maybe a step for you is to pick a book that helps you understand the context of what you're reading a little bit more. You want to pick a source to study with that teaches you the who, the when, the why. That teaches you what's, what was going on in the culture at the time that the passage was written. What were their struggles? What was their pain? What was their sin? What was the sin in their lives? What was the point of this passage? Okay, now that I have that, I can apply it to my life today. Another part that helps us grow in scripture is to memorize it. And Proverbs 7, it says, follow my advice, my son, always treasure my commands, obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes, tie them to your fingers as a reminder, write them deep within your hearts. We need to understand the Jewish tradition here to really get the importance of this they literally dedicated their lives to learning this. By the time that you would turn 10 at the time of this culture, they would have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy memorized. All of it. I don't know if you've ever read those books before. They are long. And there's some intense stuff in there that's kind of confusing at times. They had all of it memorized. And if we're honest, we memorize a lot of things. I can rattle off sports statistics and players and teams for days. But how many of us really dive in and memorize scripture? That we're able to recall it when we need it. Jesus, when he was tempted in the, in the desert, the way that he overcame it was quoting scripture. Imagine if when you were tempted this week, you were able to use the word of God alive and powerful to speak to the temptation, to speak to the devil, trying to throw you off course with the word of God. And, and here they would write the word of God on the walls of their home so that they saw it. But, but even more so, they would write God's word on parchment paper and they would tie it on their wrists and on their fingers and they would even bind it on their forehead so that everywhere they went, they had God's word with them. They valued the word of God that much. It was that important to them. They talked about it at home, at work, with their kids. They went about their life every single day with making scripture a priority and an important part. 
It's a challenging thought to us today. Is scripture that important to us? I encourage you, pick a translation. There are, there are a ton of different translations. For me, New Living Translation is my favorite. It, it's the easiest for me to read, but it's also historically accurate still. Um, my staff thinks I'm a wimp because I'm not a big fan of the ESV, but they all love the ESV, and, and they think it's an incredible version as well. Uh, pick a version that suits you best. Pick a plan. In a few moments, we're going to list out a few plans that you can follow along with us. Um, pick a plan and stick to it. But most of all, prioritize it. Again, Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. We spend a significant part of our life on things that do not matter. Social media, YouTube, Netflix, reading, sports, working out, video games, and we don't prioritize the things that are eternal. Again, we've been talking about this in the series that there are three places in culture. There's our home, there's our work or school, and there's the virtual place. The virtual place has taken over. And for some of us, it has completely killed our engagement with reading scripture. And so read before you turn your phone off. Or if you do it later in the day, turn your phone off and read. Maybe you need to just get a paper Bible again. Think about that, a paper Bible, but maybe you need to. And, and you keep trying to force it by reading on your phone. And, and it's great that we have scripture on our phone and that we're able to bring it with us everywhere that we go. But for some of you, you're trying to read it on your phone. And, and while you do, all you see is notification, 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 and you're not able to study and focus and engage. Prioritize engaging with scripture. Again, put it on the calendar. Schedule it. Set an alarm on your phone to remind you. Because what would it look like if everyone watching this, everyone part of Connect Church, had a passion for the Word of God like we read? That we would take it with us everywhere that we go. That, that we valued and, and held the Word of God in, in the importance that it has to our lives that, that we say it does. What if we truly tried to study and understand the story of Jesus and how this all fits together? Man, God would speak through us. God will work in our lives. We would be changed. In moments of weakness, we would stand strong because we are reminded of who God is. Today, maybe you're watching this and you have never decided to follow Jesus before. Maybe you've, you've even tried writing, reading scripture before and, and you just didn't understand it and it felt foreign to you and God feels distant. And, and today, know this, God is such a personal and real God and he wants to speak to you. The, the word of God, God brings freedom from our sin and our pain and our shame. He brings direction and guidance to your life. Maybe today you stumbled across this video and you're watching and, and your life just feels like it's in shambles and it's a mess and you have no idea which way is up or down and you're disappointed and you're hurting. The word of God can speak life. 
And the way that that begins is by trusting in what Jesus did for us, that he came, he lived the perfect life, he died, and he rose again and saying, God, I trust in that today. I've made mistakes. I've fallen short. I know that I've sinned. Would you forgive me? Would you wash away my shame and my guilt? And for those of us who do follow Jesus, today would we say, I want to become a student of God's word. I'm not just going to read to read anymore. I'm not even going to forget about it. I'm going to prioritize this, but I want to study it. I want to learn how is what I'm reading fit in the big story of what God's done and how does it apply to my life today to bring freedom and direction and purpose to my life? How does it guide me, direct me? How does it make me live more like Jesus? Would we intentionally take the word of God and write it on our hearts and would we allow it to transform us and to change us? And so here, and I'll say this, some of you, you may have an incredible habit of of reading scripture already in your life, and and that is awesome, but I want to encourage you, how can you grow in it still this year? What's a new habit that you can put in place to help you grow in your reading of scripture? God is infinite. There's always more of him to know and to understand. Would we not just be content with where we're at? So here are some resources to help you. The first one is a, a website called studylight.org. Um, if, if you won't go to our website, connectnj.com, under the resource tab, all of this is there. But studylight is kind of just like a, a scripture um, study tool. And so you can search words to study the meaning of a word and, and its theme throughout scripture. Um, you can find reading plans there. Uh, you, it also has commentaries that will teach you the meaning of what the author originally meant there. Today, if you've heard this idea of studying scripture and you have no idea how to, the greatest resource I personally think is How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon Fee. You can pick that book up, read it, and it will teach you to understand and to learn all the different um, types of books in the Bible. Again, narrative, poetic, and how to read them and how to apply them to our lives. N.T. Wright also has an incredible book, Surprised by Scripture. It's a deep read, but I encourage you to check that out as well. There's also Journey into God's Word um, by Jay Duvall and Jay Hayes. Check that out. Again, it's just a great resource to help you to understand how to read the Bible. For those of you who need a reading plan, here are just a few that we suggest. The first one is called The Immerse Bible Study. They kind of break the Bible up into different sections, and within each section there's an eight-week reading plan, um, and they help you understand what you're reading. So it starts at beginnings and works all the way through to Messiah, and you can walk through them. Um, As a staff, we're going to try this one out this year and see how it goes, and so if you want to do it with us, check out Immerse. There's also the Read Scripture app, the Bible Project is such an incredible tool to help you understand scripture. For me, they have been one of the most crucial and important um, resources to reshape the way that I viewed scripture. And they also have a Bible reading plan called the Read Scripture app. Right now you can download it on your phone. It's a year long reading plan. The cool thing about it is throughout the journey, 
and they have videos that explain what you're reading. And so if there are moments where sometimes you feel as you read that you have no idea what you're reading, this is the reading plan for you because they stop along the way and they explain it really, really well. They also have a podcast that goes along with it to all my podcast listeners to help you understand. Uversion is another app and there you can find all kinds of Bible reading plans. If you hear the year long one and you're like, that's a big commitment, I'm not sure yet. They have seven day reading plans. They have topical reading plans uh, on anxiety, depression, hope. And so you can check one of those out and start there. They also have a reading plan that I really love called the chronological reading plan. Even the way that scripture is in, in the Bible, chronologically, it looks a little bit different. And so that reading plan goes through how the events happened in time throughout history. It's really fun to just kind of see the difference of that. There, again, for all my podcast listeners, Tara Lee Cobble has a podcast that goes along with each day of the chronological plan, again, to help you understand the context of what you're reading. The last app I'll suggest, this one is a lot different, it's called the Streetlights Bible app. If you have a hard time like reading, which I do, for me, I, I really understand more when I listen. Um, this is an app that reads the Bible to you, but they do it with like fun beats and some music to it. And so sometimes if you're listening on version, which also reads to you and it's a little bit uh, it gets the same after a while. The Streetlights app is super fun. It sets it to music. Um, and for me, if anything is to a musical beat, I remember it more. And so it's been helpful for me too. But most of all today, would you make a commitment? How are you going to learn and study God's word? And how are you going to deposit it into your heart? How are you going to meditate on his word that it will transform your life that it will change who you are. Find a group of people. Again, join a small group. Do this in community with people. It's really hard to do this on your own. Again, God's word is readily available to us more than ever before. Are we going to take advantage of it? Are we going to view it to confirm what we want? Are we going to read to check off on our list? Are we going to read just to get something and to get it done or to truly engage with God? Today, would we choose to use it as a way to learn more of who God is, to transform our hearts, to change our lives, that we would look more and more like Jesus because of our time in the scriptures? God is calling us to take his word with us everywhere that we go that we would write it on the walls of our heart, that we would let it saturate and transform our life, that it would form us more and more like Christ. It's not just about doing it once a day, but a habit of engaging with God's written word to us to understand and to know who he is and to be changed. Jesus, today we pray. As we read scripture, it would lead to life change. God, that our lives would look more like you. That we would just be, be disciplined and, and in our study of scripture and what you meant when you had the authors write it. God, would, we, would you give us wisdom to understand and to discern? God, I pray that this year as we commit to this habit in our lives, that you would just speak in a way that you never have before in our lives.
And God, as you do that, would your word just overflow out of our hearts into the lives of people that we come in contact with? Would they just sense a new depth of our relationship with you, that there's something different this year? In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.